Man, people crazy out these streets, bro. I've been grinding since I was like 15 with this music, bro. I've learned that I can't please everybody. And there's been a lot of love, but there's also been misunderstanding, hate, and this box they put me in. And it makes them uncomfortable if I'm not in it. DJ KJ. And I ain't in it. What's up, everyone? We are back. I'm in it. I'm Nick. Thank you for listening to I Went Out. It's been like over a month now, Yeah, I think the last episode we released was like September 30th. So yeah, it's been it's been quite a while. Feels like <laughs> we took a, a little sabbatical break there, um, but we're back. Um, refreshed, but you know, both of us have a lot going on. I know Nick. <laughs> Man, his plate is like overflowing right now. So, um, before we get into what's been going on with us over the past month, uh, just a reminder if you haven't already to please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Leave a rating and/or review. That's helpful to us, but it also helps you guys so that you don't miss out on any content when it drops. All right, Nick. Want to talk about a little bit of what's been going on in your life, man? Man, you say sabbatical. I mean, I don't know if it was really a sabbatical. <laughs> it's been it's been wild since the last time we met or recorded. Um, I think I don't know how to go. Do I go through chronologically what happened? Like, or yeah, I think yeah. Let's let's start from week one. All right, all right. So week one, I mean, I think the the initial reason we stopped recording was because God had put something on my heart. Um, you know, there was all these wildfires that were happening out on in the West Coast, um, specifically California, um, and God just kept breaking my heart for wild the wildfires and just seeing the devastation and knowing the families were suffering. Um, and I just remember, like, I don't know why it was a nagging feeling that I couldn't get rid of. I'm like, Lord, what what is this? So I put it aside. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this. I ain't got no time for no nagging feelings about something on the West Coast. Leave me alone, Lord. (laughs) Um, But then I remember I just started praying on it. Um, And one morning I woke up and I was like, okay, you keep nagging me about this. What do you want me to do with this? Um, And I remember basically telling the Lord, like, and I felt like he wanted me to do something physically. Like I not just simply pray about it. Like I've done, I was doing that. Like I'm, but he was asking me to move. Um, and that's why I'm hard-headed, so he has to continue to nag me, like, Nick, 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 get, trying to get my attention. Um, and I remember I was just praying. I was like, okay, Lord, well, if you want to use me some, in some shape or form, I'm not giving money to the Red Cross. That's just not, I don't, like, first of all, I'm a pastor, so I don't have money like that anyway. But uh, I was like, I don't want to give money to an organization that's bringing relief because I don't really, you know, I'm always a little skeptical. I'm I'm skeptical about everything. So I'm always a little skeptical and my trust issues kicking. Like, is my money really going to help these families um, or is it going to help this organization? I don't know. So I was like, okay, Lord, if you want me to do this, use my gifts. Two things I'm good at is I love being relational and I love using my hands. So I was like, if you, if there's a way, an opportunity for me to do that, I'm all in, Lord. Prayed about it, left it alone. I think it was a couple hours later, maybe later in that evening. I um, I just simply typed in California wildfire relief. And the first thing that pops up is Samaritan's Purse. It's like, okay. I'm familiar with Samaritan's Purse when it comes to the Christmas child yeah. boxes or whatever. It's my only exposure with them. And I started looking at the description for Santa Cruz County, um, California wildfire, wildfire relief. And the first thing that popped up was over 900 homes were complete losses. And then they were going through... Um, and sifting through the ash. And I was like, okay. And so my the job description of individuals who were going to come to volunteer was sifting through the ash, 
but their main goal was ministering to the families and who had lost everything. So I was like, wow. So literally what I prayed for God to use my hands, the sifting and to use my relational gifting, um, were right there. And I was like, all right. So I felt like, I didn't even question them at that point. I was like, okay, I filled out the application within the hour. Um, they called me like, Hey, Nick Oliver. I was like, yeah, who's this? so-and-so from Samaritan's Purse, you've been accepted into the, uh, the volunteer program. I was like, all right, well, I didn't, that was quick. Didn't have any time to like, you know, plan. Yeah. Um, cause I had a book of flight. I had a book, a rental car. I had to, you know, get the approval of my lovely wife. <laughs> um, I didn't do any of that. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's amen. I'll get all that stuff taken care of. I had to, oh, and I had to get a COVID test to sh- make sure I was COVID negative. Um, and man, that was, it was wild because I think I called you super excited. Um, I was like, Hey, they just called me. Now I just got it. Like if it's God's will, all the rest of the details will work out. Mm-hmm. So I kind of called my mom to talk to my mom a little bit about it. And she was like, Oh, I want to pay for, I'll pay for your, um, your, your flight. I was like, it's like $300. Mom, you sure? She's like, yeah, that's your birthday gift. She's like, you sure though? You don't want anything else for your birthday? Like I got everything I need. I'm good. If that's what you want to pay for, for me. Amen. Yeah. amen. Um, and my mom is not a believer. So that was really awesome. Um, and then I'm talking, I had to get permission to go from LifePoint because I'm currently employed by LifePoint. Um, so I was like, Hey, Michael God, this is what God's doing. And Michael was like, Hey, let's, can we at least pay for your rental car? So it's like, boom, rental cars covered. Amen. Then I had to have the conversation with Robin <laughs> <laughs> and I just laid it out to her, like what God was doing. And she was, she's all for it. So literally how can you say no to that? I know. I, I don't know, man. We, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty yes, easy to say no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's like, at, my, at that point, I was like, okay, if she said no, that was God telling me no. Um, yeah. But I was, And I was really confident that she wasn't going to say no because of how much God had been working and orchestrating all this. I was like, it would make no sense if she said no. I mean, the only way she would have said no is it was the flesh. Right. Um, so then I had to go get my COVID test. Um, which if any of our listeners have had the COVID, COVID test, it's terrible. It does not feel good whatsoever. They are definitely all types of up in my brain, it feels like. I've heard uh, stories. It had me crying. <laughs> it was terrible. And I feel like if I was the nurse lady, I would have been laughing at me, but she's straight-faced as I'm like grown man, tears running down my eyes. Like, yeah, I'm a big wimp. Um, so that came back negative and... Lo and behold, I was in California, and uh, there's a lot that I saw and I witnessed while I was there. Um, man, it was crazy. Um, the part of California, I was in Santa Cruz, um, which is a beautiful area. Um, I mean, you have the redwoods, you have sequoias, these massive trees of like what I've never seen anything like them before. Yeah. Um, and then you drive 20 minutes. Down, uh, I guess it would be like north and you're at Santa Cruz Beach um, and it's just like man so you got this beautiful beach and you got the be- these beautiful mountains um, and then so I got there got connected to Samaritan's Purse um, and then the first day we got out there it was like my eyes were just opened to seeing you know you see the pictures but the pictures don't do justice when you're actually there um, and actually being in California like when we were landing I'm um, it was all covered in smoke. Even at the airport in San Jose, it was covered in smoke. Wow. Um, and then when we got in, I went that first, like it just smelled to me, it smelled like Haiti. 
Um, mm-hmm. In Haiti, there's a constant charcoal, like smoke smell because of all the trash they're burning and all that stuff. And right. everywhere in California, I was at smelled like Haiti just because there's constant smoke and constant burning. Wow. Um, so that's like something, one of those smells that just sticks with you. Right. And then driving through to the first house we went to and just seeing the devastation, seeing the, the charred trees. I mean, man, it's, it was crazy. I mean, I hate to use the word apocalyptic, but it definitely looked like an apocalyptic scene. Like it was wild. Um, and uh, that first house we went to, um, the lady actually had a recording of her house being going up in fire. And then like she was only, one of the only people and she was super like, I think she was processing things differently. Um, her husband, who used to be a former police chief in the county, was super didn't even want to be there was super angry um and she was just kind of like processing like hey, okay it's burnt whatever like help us find this stuff and you know right was cool but the the guy was just not about it and then we every day like we did two sites we have a morning site and then that evening site we would go to and and help and the more like this site was the first one and the chaplains come usually like an hour before we leave just to kind of play cleanup um to kind of figure out like where are they at um you guys have been having conversations what are they dealing with so we all had said you know i think if you're going to share the gospel um the best way to go would be through the wife because she's so talkative and just like in a place where and the husband is super shut off right and man they weren't getting anywhere with the woman at first. So she was like, Oh yeah, the gospel. Okay. Um, not really. The husband gets up books over from the opposite side and says, I need Jesus right now. Gives his life to Christ right in that moment. Amen. His wife then in turn gives like gets emotional and gives her life to Christ. And then they begins their discipleship process, which is really cool. They have a really good system when it comes to like, you're getting plugged in. Like you give your life to Jesus, we're plugging you in. Praise God. Um, so that was like the kickstart of the week. And the more I was there, the quicker you learn that it is not a Christian area. It's a very new age. Um, yeah, just new age, really new age, atheist type of living. I mean, there was a couple of places we, we rolled up on. They were like, <laughs> I, I kid not. We were driving down this one driveway. and There was a, a, a woman dressed in like full blown witch gear. And I was just like, uh, what's going on there? And they're like, I don't know, man. Let's just keep driving. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's not surprising. I've heard some things about the West Coast. Yeah, man. Well, I was just, it was so baffling. Um, yeah. And then people like legitimately praying to their trees. Um, wow. So there is this back in my mind. Like, I'm not saying God was doing it, but I was like, you know, God is known to burn some idols. <laughs> so I'm not saying that's what he did. But, you know, it's just one of those right. random thoughts that comes in your mind when you start seeing this stuff. Um, but it was just, it was powerful. And I had one moment where there, this was a Christian woman, which was the rarity. Um, we pulled up and she just started crying. Um, she was overwhelmed that people would be able to meet her right then and there and love her. Um, and us just being present meant more to her than us finding anything, honestly. And I don't think if we would, I don't think we need to find anything. Just us being there was what she needed um but then it it gave me a revelation myself of like man the how powerful the power of presence really is 
Right. Um, I granted most of the, a lot of people right now are, you know, we're quarantining, we're self-isolating, social distancing, but man, there is nothing like being present for somebody. Yeah. And it had me thinking about like, wow, like I'm in this person's, I can, I'm, I'm here present with them because I see a physical or a, it's just a very tangible crisis. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the crisis that my neighbors are going through. Like, you know, it might not be a, something I can see. They might be going through a divorce. They might be battling a sickness. I don't know that because I'm not present for them. So it really had me, and it was like God was kind of moving me, like you need to be present for all people, um, hearing their stories, getting to know them, loving them, because like you'll be able to see the uh, the big things. You won't always right. see, well, the, some, they're big things too, that sometimes they're just not visible. Mm-hmm. so but just being present really will help you see that and do that and i think now more than ever as, a, as a christians we need to be doing that yeah um i mean there's a lot of stuff that i can go on about california <laughs> um i will say i'm not a signs and wonders guy but the fact that we were finding wooden crosses ceramic crosses unscathed by the fire in non-believers homes was mind-boggling to me i just could yeah, not <laughs> i couldn't wrap my brain around that yeah. um but yeah and um I think it was really cool to see too is um, there was, I was the youngest person there. A lot of them were older, retired people from the South. Um, So there was a very, and then a lot of locals were, a lot of the locals that were serving were Democrats. Um, And then a lot of the people that were with Samaritan's Purse, they come from South Carolina, North Carolina. So very much Republican coming in and to see them working together better than our own government can was a beautiful thing to see um putting aside some of the political differences now things arise we talked about them um there was definitely a moment where <laughs> someone was trying to talk down on millennials and i'm like hold up bro i'm a millennial <laughs> like you, you you you're coming to all these assumptions about millennials and what we want but have you talked to millennials and he was like well uh, uh, uh. i was like talk to your millennials in your church okay don't just assume so I got a little feisty there, but hey, don't don't talk about our generation like that. <laughs> so talk about us like that. So yeah, California was wild. There was a wildfire that broke, or like a spot fire that broke out while I was there. It was a little intense because um, I don't know if I've ever shared on the podcast, but I've always thought I was gonna die when I was thirty. And when that wildfire happened, or when that fire like sparked and happened, I was like, oh crap, <laughs> is this now? Is this it? <laughs> I mean, there's so many ways I would rather die than burn to death, Lord. <laughs> that was like literally like a week before your birthday, right? It was. It was. Um, so, yeah, I made, I'm made. i 31 now, y'all. I made it. Um, I didn't die when I was 30. I'm, I guess I don't have the gift of prophecy. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, oh, one last thing on California before we move on. Um, I found it absolutely amazing. Is a, a redwood will not burn from the outside it'll burn like it'll get burnt on the outside but it won't die from burning on the outside it has to burn from within so if there's a hole in the tree or if there's a way for it to get into the root system it will literally hollow out the redwood but there's this crazy thing when i was when i was when you're driving around you see these massive redwoods and they're all in perfect circles like it makes no sense and i'm like how that happened and then one of the locals was like, whoa, a redwood that, there was a redwood in the middle of that before that died and then gave life to all those. Wow. And so, and then when we're at some of these wildfire places where the redwoods were dead, it has, there's all these green sprouts all around it. 
that just like it was dying and it gave life to a bunch of new redwoods and it was so like there's a sermon there <laughs> and it was just so beautiful to see god's creation like it takes a death to give life right. um and i was like okay that's cool that's weird that's cool um so yeah it was it was a powerful trip a sermon in that somewhere man. oh absolutely there is <laughs> um but it was definitely something i'll never forget um yeah just being the experiences and just kind of like, I know for like, I would love to have a avert partner with Samaritan's person on these relief efforts locally, because it's such a, Absolutely. a great tool to reach people in their moments of crises. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was week one. <laughs> I, I mean, you want me to keep going or you want to jump yeah, in? Yeah, keep going. Might as well go ahead to the whole, yeah. whole month. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> man, I got back. Um, it took me a minute to, <laughs> I got used to West coast time and it was time for me to leave. Um, so yeah, I got back and had a birthday and I'm now, like I said, if all of our listeners didn't know, I'm 31 years old now. So yeah. over the hill, I am, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> um, there wasn't much in between <clears throat> then and what happened this last week. Um, so my wife, we are currently recording separately. We're back on Zoom. I'm in my garage where we had our humbly beginnings for I One Out, and Manny looks like he's in either his office or his room yeah. um, because my wife has COVID. She has COVID-19, so um, she contracted it while she was at work. Um, didn't think nothing of it at first because, you know, she's working at the hospital forever um when this has gone down at one point she even had like her floor was the floor for covid patients so um she just found she found out about i think it was she worked with this patient on friday found out sunday evening or monday morning her work emailed her and said hey this patient you were dealing with has covid um and she was like okay no big deal like it's not the first time not gonna be the last time um but then I was on a camping trip that weekend that happened. I had just gotten away. I just felt like the Lord leading me to just get away and just breathe um, for like me to mentally prepare for planting the church, dealing with all the other stuff that we got going on, just really mentally preparing myself for all that's going to be happening and we need to be doing. Right. And I didn't know it was because all this was going to go down this week. Um, so she, Tuesday evening, like, well, I guess early Wednesday morning, she kicked me out of the room, woke up with a fever, um, and had symptoms since then, um, got her test as COVID positive. And so we've been isolating, quarantining. She's locked away in our room <laughs> and not allowed to come out. <laughs> um, I've been taking her food and yeah, taking care of her, taking care of our kids, um, working. So it's been, it's been hectic. Um, it's today's Tuesday and she's got symptoms again. So they went away a little bit. She still can't smell or taste. Um, but now she's back to not feeling well at all. So she's, so yeah, it's a, we're just fighting through praying that the rest of us can not get it. We would really appreciate it if God decided not to let us get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but regardless, he's still good. Um, and during this time, my mom's been having some serious medical issues as well. Uh, my mom's currently in the ICU. Uh, don't really got a little bit of detail, but not much. Um, but she's been passing out, um, 
more frequently. Um, basically, her doctors wanted her to go to the hospital last week. She refused because my mom is stubborn. She is 100% an 8 on the Enneagram, just like her son. Um, and was trying to talk to her. And my mom, I cannot use the language my mom uses on this podcast, but she was very vulgar with me I'm talking about her doctor and what they were trying to make her do. And she ain't going to do none of that. She would rather die. I was like, okay, mom, uh, we don't want you to die. Yeah. Um, long story short, she passed out, was on the bathroom floor for seven hours, um, made a mess of herself with pain and all that. And yeah, she just had no control of her bowels. Um, couldn't walk, still can't walk right now. Um, they got, they're addressing some liver issues, a bunch of fluid built up. Um, there's a bunch of issues she has and they're just trying to figure it out. So she's in the ICU. And if our listeners could be praying, the Oliver household needs all the prayers you can give right now. Um, yes. the fact that I'm still standing testament to how good God is. So, yeah. um, because my, like my family is definitely, uh, they've, they've been leaning on me. Um, like my sisters, my younger sisters really stepped up. It's been really cool to see that. Um, which is another cool story is my little sister. The next day after I got kicked out of my room, um, not kicked out. I'm going to stop saying it. The <laughs> night after I removed myself from my room, cause I didn't want COVID. Um, yeah. uh, my little sister texts me at like 2 AM and says, Nick, I'm done. I'm done living this way. I really want Jesus in my life. I was like, well, all right, let's have this conversation. <laughs> um, so we connected on the phone and she, Sarah, my sister just kind of shared some stuff that, you know, she was dealing with. And, um, she was just like, look, I'm not ready to give you, give him my yes now, because if I give him my yes, I know it's a full blown commitment. And I'm, if I'm going to commit, I want to make sure I'm, I know what I'm committing to. I was like, amen. <laughs> like Jesus tells you to count the cost. Don't just give him a half, yeah. just a half. Yes. Give him your full yes. Full yes. Yeah. Um, so we agreed to where I'm going to essentially disciple my little sister now and hopefully walk her onto this journey into a beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ. So I sent her a Bible and I sent her one of our vert church discipleship books that we're using. And we're going to walk through the Bible weekly and then get together on zoom or whatever once a week and just discuss what we're reading and what God's doing. So yeah, it's despite all the craziness in the household, there is that. And it's been really cool. Um, yeah, amen so praying for that my older sister's not a believer my dad's not a believer and my mom's not a believer so been praying that god will do something to, with my mom as she's realizing how fragile her life really is um so yeah it's been it's been crazy bro <laughs> and on top of that homeschooling because we during this time, right, we, you got homeschooling. we yeah. pulled our kids out of the virtual learning and we're full-blown homeschooling our kids. And it's like, yeah. man, that's just with Rob being out now. It's like Nick's a homeschool teacher now, Mr. Oliver. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. Um, <laughs> I haven't expelled my kids or murdered them yet, so that's good. <laughs> Glory to God for that. Amen. So it's been cool. It's been a lot more quality time with my two little ones. Gabby's still in virtual learning because I just don't have the patience to do middle school stuff. Um, but, yeah, so that's been... I think it, I don't know how much else yeah. this, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's happened, you know, of course, for all of our, the church stuff, politics that we're dealing with. We got a big election coming up in a week. So that's right. it's always a big election. <laughs> so yeah. votes. that's right. Early voting has opened up in Maryland. So yeah, I got to figure out when I'm going to go in and vote. We should do it Monday. Who are you voting for, Nick? Oh, who am I voting for? <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> 
I think, think don't answer it though. I'm not. I'm not gonna answer it on here. <laughs> I'm probably gonna vote for. I'm gonna pull the Larry Hogan and vote for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I was so mad when I saw that. I'm like, yeah. come on, bro. Like you know that I don't do nothing. But at the same time, mm. Larry Hogan's been super anti-Trump from the beginning. So it's like, oh, he's not gonna vote for him. But as a Republican governor, he's not gonna vote for a Democrat either. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, it's been it's been crazy, man. But, yeah, that's a lot, bro. Definitely, you know, my prayers are with you. Man. And uh, the listeners, is, you know, ask you guys to keep the Oliver family in your prayers. They would be appreciated, y'all. Thank you. Yeah. But let's hear what you've been going on, man. I think there's a pretty cool thing that you launched, maybe. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will start with, so, um, when we, um, I guess, took our start, initially taking our break, um, you know, for like the past to three months now i've been going out to baltimore um you know checking on my biological grandmothers you know it's, it's it's really interesting because before we actually went to florida i think i told you this before we went to florida like literally the day before we flew to florida back in march um for exponential um my gra- my grandmother my biological grandmother my uncle um my, my my mom's oldest brother, who bears my grandfather's name, Harrison, um, a cousin, and I all went out to dinner, and it was the first time in my lifetime that I have sat at a at a table that I can remember with my mom, um, her mom, her biological mother, and her oldest brother. Um, her other biological brother wasn't there, but it was it was still the first time that I've I've been there with them three at the same time. And, um, you know, growing up, my mom and my grandmother wasn't um, super close. So, like, I mean, I was around her a little bit when I was younger, but not a lot. So, um, Beverly, the one that you know, grandmother that was, you know, married to my grandfather um, for my lifetime, um, you know, was always a lot closer to her. So, um, So, it was that. And so, you know, with the pandemic and everything... Um, you know, realized with her being out there in Baltimore, so far away from us and so far away from family, um, my, my uncle Harrison hadn't really been out there to check on her. We started to go out there pretty much every single Saturday, starting back in like July or something like that. Um, just trying to check on her. She's can tell that she has some, some, you know, early dementia, yeah. um, she, you could tell that she's also a hoarder, so that's like a separate issue, and you know some other things there. Um, so to make a long story short, with that we ended up bringing her home with us, um, probably around the same time when when I went out first. You know that first week of us taking a break. I think it was around that time when we first brought her home here with us, and you know it's been it's been good, it's been bad, it's it's been a journey. Um, because like I said, it, it, you do have that, that long gap of where it just wasn't, you know, um, togetherness. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been a little difficult, but, um, I tell you, it's really stretched my mom and I to really learn how to extend even more grace. And, you know, we've talked about it a few times on the podcast, how I am a one and, you know, I'm seeing now how that that resentful side huh. comes into play because i do have to constantly reject that feeling yeah just because i know 
how she has treated my mother in the past and um and even you know just with her here like there are times where you see it and it's like she's still old and i still have to show her grace yeah and stuff so it's really it's been it's been difficult but you know it has like i said it has definitely stretched my mother and i to grow in grace and um you know um a couple of weeks ago i guess now um I was in the kitchen with her and um, I just felt the Lord kind of placing on my heart to ask her about her, um, her church that she goes to out in, in Baltimore. Um, Cause I had already known a little bit that she, she was going to a St. Jude church and, um, and, you know, dabbling in like Catholic churches and stuff. Um, so I asked her, you know, I was just, I was going down the line, just asking her different questions. Like, what do you think about this church? And why do you pray to St. Jude? And yeah. why do you do this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this, that, and third? And I started asking her about the Bible. I was like, so do you believe in the Bible? Do you believe in it um, being true? Do you believe in it being the only source? Um, do you believe in it being only one God, you know, uh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father? Um, just asking her all these different questions before I even started inputting my beliefs on it, and um, and it it, it became it was a bit of a, a little wrestling there, yeah. Um, because she is very clearly not a Christian, and and it was pressing on my heart. I don't want to have my grandmother living in my house, knowing that she's not saved. Mm. Um, and so I didn't want. I didn't want an opportunity to pass where I didn't express it and, and preach the gospel to her. So ended up putting out my Bible. Um, I took her to John one, um, kind of explained that a little bit. Um, and I just, I, I started asking her, I was like, have you ever heard the gospel? Cause you explain it to me. And um, she was like, yeah, sure. I heard of, of the gospel, you know, um, Jesus died and, um, and and she just started she couldn't really articulate any more than that um so um i used that as an opportunity to share the gospel with her amen and after reading john one and after sharing the gospel and just kind of addressing a few things with her um then i i started re-asking her questions like now that you have this information how do you feel about this what do you think about this and I could tell like her mind was just just rolling um and I don't know if she was fully grasping everything at that time but um what I felt the Lord wanted me to do is just kind of end it with just a prayer and um so what I did I, I grabbed her went old school grabbed some olive oil <laughs> smacked it on her head <laughs> and I just uh <laughs> I just started praying the gospel over her man and um and it was powerful, man. It it brought her to tears. I was in tears, um, you know. And I don't know if it. I don't know if her salvation happened then. Um, I don't know if she really yielded her heart to God right then and there. Um, but you know, I think the seed was planted, and um, you know, I'm just praying that 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 begins to stir in her heart more. That it yeah. begins to open up to Christ more. Amen. Um, yeah, I would love to see that. I believe that 
it can happen even at the age of I think she's seventy six. Um, I believe it can happen. So yeah, it's never um, too late. Never too late. No. Never too late. Yeah. So yeah, but like as as Nick mentioned, um, on top of that, um, I recently launched or reestablished my grandfather's art business called Harbin Studio, and um, you know it, it means the world to me to uh, have started this. Um, I started kind of working on it back in, um, after we came back from Florida, it's so like April or something. And, um, and you know, I went through a lot of, um, you know, just, just intervals of becoming discouraged and, um, you know, a little bit of grief because it's like when you, when you're, you're planning that and you're like, well, these things, I don't really know this much about the visual arts and, and stuff like that. And I would love to have my grandfather here, like walking me through it, but you know, he's not. So like there's things that I'm still discovering and whatnot. And there was times where I was like, you know, I can't do this. This is, yeah. it's not, I'm not able to do this. Um, so I, I really wrestled through that. Um, but I, 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 uh, I mentioned this when I first ended up announcing the um business i met this guy i don't know if he was a christian but i met this guy at a um at a framing shop and um and i don't think he even knew what he was doing but some of the things he told me like really really helped encourage me hmm. to keep like it came at a very very uh integral part of me like planning this business um back in like july august um and um one thing i kept telling him i was like i'm not a i'm not a visual artist i don't draw i don't paint or anything like that and i kept telling him telling him i was like you know kind of bear with me on these things because i don't really know that much about it and, and he was like dude just just stop he was like <laughs> stop stop saying all of that because he said first of all like you're lying to yourself because he was like you are a visual artist hmm. um, because you have an eye for art and and aesthetics and stuff and then he was like dude this is your grandfather's business and you were close to him um, there's nobody that is better suited to continue this than you are and he said just just stop you know becoming hard on yourself about this and um, you know, he just started encouraging me. He was like, you can do this. And he started like kind of teaching me some things on yeah. framing and whatnot. And, um, you know, and like I said, I don't think he realized how much that really impacted me, but that when I look back on like the process of, you know, planning everything that really, um, really, really helped me out because I was ready to like not go forward with it because I just feel like I couldn't do it. Um, but, um, you know, all glory to God, I was able to now soft launch. Um, it, I've been, I guess this is like the third week now, third, fourth week. Amen. And, um, you know, I'm growing on social media and um, reaching out to some artists because part of the business is really um, when I start getting to some of the, the next phases, what I want to do is be able to partner with other Christian artists and have Harbin Studio be um, a platform that really just helps, um, 
give give Christian artists a voice to be able to tell their stories, to be able to show their work, and um, and um, and just to have some bit of community as far as a, like a Christian art community. Um, and you know, the other part of it too that I've talked to Nick about as well is um, like I was really really passionate about doing a youth art program. Um, because I, I feel like in churches, there's, you know, an emphasis on music. There's an emphasis on so many things in the arts, but like drawing and illustrating and stuff. So I talked to Nick about, um, at some point being able to partner with Avert and to be able to plug in a youth art program at Avert, um, to teach kids art, um, to get them, um just working on their skill set in a way that helps them grow as artists but also grow with Christ um and and grow in their understanding of Christ um because i think like that's that's there's a hole in the art market for that and in the art industry for that where um christian artists are really like depicting scripture i what i call it is visible theology yeah um cuz i think it really helps you when you look at an art piece that's like depicting a story from the Bible, like it really helps you kind of look at that, that story in a different, you know, lens and, and, and learn about it more. So. Amen. Yeah. It's harbinstudio.com. People, our listeners can go and check it out, right? Yeah. Harbinstudio.com. Um, we have four limited edition prints available and, um, Probably going to put, I guess, found some more of um, five by seven ones. So I'll probably put those up for the holidays. Um, may have a collaboration coming for a um, a shirt. Okay. For a woman. Um, specifically for my my grandfather had. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a it's an African art um, portrait called pride yeah yeah i've seen I've, I've been to your website man i've seen that yeah oh you have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and um he was commissioned to paint that a, a long time ago i think that was in the the 70s wow okay yeah and um um it was covered by a lot of like local news and stuff and he did an art show he was one of the few that was like selected for this art show and it and the original portrait got stolen mm. um so mm. whoever stole it like he was never able to locate it like um they they put it in the news it was in the washington post wow um it was in jet magazine and everything they never did locate it but whoever stole it duplicated that stuff and was selling it <laughs> to people my mom told me a story of how she went to the hair salon like back in the 90s and saw it there Mm. And was like, that's my father's portrait. So, but like the blessing with it was that my grandfather had already taken a professional picture of it. Yeah. And had already had prints. So he was able to save it. It's unfortunate we don't have the original. Yeah. Um, so with that particular piece, when I'm done selling these prints, I'm never going to sell these prints again. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I do, I've always thought that it will make a cool shirt. And so I have yeah. a potential collaboration coming on. Amen. Um, on uh, doing a shirt for that. So 
yeah amen i love that that entrepreneurial spirit you got right going on right now man starting up the business <laughs> it's exciting to see that man um and to know like the vision behind it and all that you're trying to do with it and like i can't wait to see how god does uses it um amen. so it's gonna be exciting to see all the future stuff coming as well like exciting to see where you're starting right now but knowing what you have in store like what uh, god's giving you the vision for in the future is ex- exciting too so yeah man it's it sucks because with covid um, <laughs> i was just talking with to my mom about this the other day i was like i really want i have like this idea of doing an initial launching event and um i'm like when can i do it so i don't know maybe <laughs> spring or something i don't know yeah, who knows i mean technically <laughs> do it in maryland i mean maryland's still open right now so that's true that's true you just have yeah, to was... you know do a socially distant gala right so there's ways there's ways to make it happen or do it outside you know i thought about that i thought about that outside would be really cool although yeah. i know it's about to be winter but yeah. you don't get bad winter nah man we we can you can go all the way into the end of november at this point and you'd be good you just run out of daylight sooner. That's true. So. Yeah. We'll work on something. Amen. Yeah, man. All right. So I I know we have, like, literally next week. Yeah. Next week. Um, We're going to find out who our next president is. That's right. The next year. So. That's right. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been watching all the debates. We've been... Uh, I've also been watching the SNL versions of the debates, and they are hilarious. <laughs> Dude, did you see? Did you see? Did you watch all of SNL last week? With her? Absolutely, I did. Yes, I love her. Okay. So <laughs> I, yeah, I love her too. Did you see the skit of? Um, I forgot what they called it, but it was like the. It was Keenan and a bunch of other people. The weekend they, update when they were. <laughs> no, not that one. It was oh. another one, um, where they were talking about. They were like, we really want Trump out the office. Oh, well, no, but we don't know but, what we're going to do. <laughs> when he yeah, leaves. So we're not going to, we don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I spent the last four years of my life hating Donald Trump. What am I going to do now? Yeah. Oh, when they said that, I was like, I was dying. I was dying. <laughs> and that's the one thing I love about SNL, man. They do not pull punches. They don't, they, they dish it out equally. Yeah, they <laughs> so, dish it out equally. Uh, Even in the, the debate skit, that was <laughs> hilarious because some of the things they, they said on biden and some of his facial expressions and stuff it's yeah, hilarious it's a mess that's one thing snl is always good for is political yeah. satire or like the skits the political skits yes. they are always they that's their bread and butter right there i feel like that's right um because whoever's gonna win if it's gonna be trump we're gonna get four more years of alec baldwin as trump if biden right. wins we're gonna get four years of jim carrey as joe biden so and uh and uh uh Camilla. Oh yeah, yeah. Why can't uh? What, what's her name? What is her name? Oh goodness. Uh, Maya Rudolph. Yeah, Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Who I never knew was is Minnie Ripperton's daughter. Did oh, I didn't know, know that either. Yeah. Hmm. That's news to me. That was wild to figure that out. Yeah, but, but it makes sense. She can actually sing. I don't know if you like heard her on SNL. Singing. Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah. No, she can legit can. sing. So yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh. I think a lot of Christians, if we're going to be real, like are a little anxious about like, who do I vote for? Some of, some of them are not anxious at all. They already know who they're voting for. Right. Um, but I just want to, you know, put it in the forefront. Like, you know, I think Tony Evans son said it best. Like we are kingdom independence. Like that's really how we should walk in our life. Like 
there is no political party that is going to save any of us. Um, at the end of the day, Jesus is the King of Kings. That's a political statement right there. <laughs> so um, you vote, um, you pray. I pray that you, you're you praying before you vote um, and really just letting the Lord lead you. Um, and ultimately, if Trump wins, my faith doesn't change. If yeah. Biden wins, my faith doesn't change. I'm not one of them type of dudes who's going to fall victim to like, whoa, one of these wins, it's going to be way harder to be a Christian. I'm not going to do that. Like, no. I, my faith is where it is. Um, it's unmoving. Um, my God is still my God, no matter who's in office. So, right. um, and his plan like will not change regardless of no, who's it, man. So, no, like that's yeah, we can yeah. So, we try to be as super bipartisan as we can on here, are unbiased when it comes to talking politics. So, yeah. just vote. Um, I, I have, I'm not gonna lie. I've been super encouraged by seeing how, like the massive amounts of people that are actually getting out and voting. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's, that's really encouraging. Like, because I think so often, so many of us are like, Oh, my vote's not going to count anyway. It's not really going to make a difference. Like, no, it's your voice. Let your voice be heard. Right. Um, so regardless if you're voting for Trump or Biden or a third party or yourself, get out and vote. Like it's a, it's a right that we have, like, use it i mean for some people in our nation they had a fight for the right to vote so don't don't take advantage of it use it um especially as christians pray about it um and and remember as you're voting that jesus is your savior okay just remember that (laughs) so voting for one individual does not make you any less of a christian all right Mm -hmm. um and yeah i think I pray that we will see unity somehow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just been crazy. <laughs> so right. hearing the way the rest of the world views us and our politics right now is a little, it's a little, uh, what's the word? Discouraging. <laughs> yeah. When you got other guys, like N.T. Wright is one of my favorite like theologians, authors, scholars out there. He's big into the New Testament, specifically focusing on Paul. He was just basically like, he's like, he's like, I think other countries should have a say in the vote. Like, you know, not not by tampering, but like an actual vote to cast because, you know, what happens right. in America does spread. Like, you know, as much as we don't, we'd like this on the podcast, talk about how we're not the center of the universe. The world does pay attention to what the United States does. And we do have an, like, whoever is in the office has a lot more. This is one thing that always trips me out with people. It's like, they will vote for a president based on their personal things um, and their personal convictions and the, some of the things that the that party will stand for. But what they don't realize is the president's biggest, the most power he has is when it comes to foreign affairs. So where our pre- like if you're not paying attention to what each what what each um, candidate stands for when it comes to foreign affairs and how they do with things, then you're you're really missing out because that's the most power they have is when it comes to stuff like that. Like everything else, they have to go through justice system, they have to go through courts, all that kind of stuff. So it's not as easy as some people would like like make it out to be. So know what your uh, your political parties uh, are, your candidates. Um, foreign affairs policy is because it's huge <laughs> so yeah huge that's right yeah but just just keep you know don't don't waver on your faith no. and you know look at god as your ultimate um 
You know, I think this year has just been so, and we've talked about it plenty, just so tough for the Christian community. Yeah. When you have the pandemic and then you have all these these racial incidents and then you have a major election yeah. on top of that. Um, we've seen so, we've seen the body of Christ be um, very, uh, you know, disjointed. Yeah. Um, just not united. And, um, you know, I believe that the there's nothing nothing more that, that shakes the devil than seeing the, the body of Christ truly united. Yeah. Um, with Christ. And so, um, you know, I think that it's, it's really important for us not to allow these things to, um, to separate us um, because our, our commonality of being Jesus followers is far greater than anything else. Yeah. Like that's that's what that we are blood brought by Jesus. And yeah. so um we're family and we cannot allow anything to to separate us from one another like that. So um you know I just urge you guys just just to um especially in this this um election season um to show continue to show grace and love to one another even if you disagree on um the candidates um you know you agree about christ yeah and that's that's above your thoughts on the candidates so you know let's let's try to let's try to keep our eyes on christ and allow everything to flow from our relationship with christ and not our um political parties amen and i pray that you would view people not by their political party. Like, right. don't be like, oh, you're a Republican. Oh, oh, you're a Democrat. No, like, oh, you're you're an image bearer of God. Okay, you're an image bearer. Like, that yeah. is how we have to view people because I think when we, it's so small-minded of us to try to divide, to try to be like, oh, well, you're this or you're that. I'm like, oh, no. Like, above all that, no matter if they're a believer or not, they are made in God's image. Like, right. and that has to be how we view people because if we begin to view people, when we start separating, that's how we get to this place of where we're viewing one as an enemy. And we, as mm-hmm. as believers, cannot be doing that. We cannot yeah. say, hey, well, this person's this, so they're our enemy. Like, no, who said? <laughs> like, who said that? Your political party? Because that ain't right. Um, right. We love all people. We are the prey. Like, and that's the thing. Like, whoever wins... As believers, I pray that we're praying for that leader. Um, yeah. I know there's a lot of people that disagree with Trump and who unfortunately have not been praying for him. Um, mm-hmm. Like, pray for the man. <laughs> like, he need like he is leading the country. He is our president. Like, we need to be praying for him. If Joe Biden wins, like, I know there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with him and don't agree with his policies, but we need to be praying for him. He is our leader. Um, and we are called to pray for our leaders. When, when Peter's praying for the Roman emperor who is persecuting the church, we should be taking notice and be praying for our leaders. Um, when you've got Christians all around the world who are facing persecution, who are dealing with having, like just having to live out their faith in a lot of different circumstances than we are, and they're still praying for the leaders, we got to be praying for our leaders, y'all, and not underestimate the power of prayer. Um, and be unified. Like Manny just said, I think when, when the church is truly unified, um, Satan got no. He can't. He can't do nothing. He's trembling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I don't know. 
when the last time we can say the church has truly been unified. Because um, again, we have done a really good job at fixating on one thing of the gospel and saying, this is it, you're wrong. You know what? You don't want to agree with this. We're going to go start our own denominations. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> wow, all right. <laughs> so like, I can get in a whole conversation about denominations and non-denominational stuff, and it's just, yeah. we're divided. Like, it's just, mm. hands down, the church has been divided. And I think we, I really pray that God uses this generation, um, our generation of millennials, to really bridge some of those gaps, to really bring forth, like, you know, this unified church the way God had intended us to be unified. Doesn't mean we agree. There's a difference between being unified and agreeing on every single thing. Um, being unified means we can have our disagreements, but still, we're still one body. Um, and I think that's the beauty of when you read through the New Testament. Like you'll see Paul and Peter get into some arguments. You'll see Paul and Barabbas disagree, or Barnabas, not Barabbas, disagree and split ways because they're like, okay, well, we're still brothers. We still love each other, but we are disagreeing right now, so we're going our separate ways. So yeah, we just got to be unified, and our country needs some guidance. Um, and I pray that the church... <laughs> The, ch- the church will step into that role of true, like showing what true unity looks like. So that's the thing, man. Like you know, we talk so much about um, who's in office and politicians and and stuff and reform. And you know, I think we say to plenty that you know, our, our for you know, as Christians, the way we should view it is that like true reform comes from, is going to you know ultimately come from Jesus. Yeah. But I, as Christians and as followers of Christ and we've talked about it a little bit when um we walk you know walking through the book of James um we are supposed to as we walk rightly with Christ we are supposed to be like Christ in the way that we go about our business as the church body yeah. and so and that involves um that involves preaching against abortion yeah that that involves going out and actually being the church in the community doing things that can actually help person by person um their eternity become set in jesus um you know we follow the great commission like that's what we're supposed to be about yeah and you know and and we may not see like a complete worldwide or american-wide like true change but i do believe that if we as as the church do our parts in just our little communities yeah we will see change yeah and and it begins with us like like Amen. it has to so yeah man that's why i you just brought up abortion like i don't put <laughs> i don't put my stock in any political party fixing that problem um yeah. i don't care because one president might say one thing and then eight years down the road, another president overturns it. You know what I mean? It's just like, like tries to overturn it. It's like, so I don't put my stock in that. But what I do do is like, I'm super pro-life. I do believe in the sanctity of life from the womb to the tomb. Like as Michael, Pastor Michael yes. says, like that means I'm having conversations. I love like what the Catherine Foundation is doing with women who are finding out they're pregnant and helping them like understand the beauty of their life. And I think that's one of the biggest things we're missing right now is education. Like, not, and I'm not talking about the school system education. I'm just talking about like the body of believers truly walking people through why we believe life is important, why we believe life is valuable. Um, so I know there's a couple of our listeners who they are super pro-life and like pro-life. When I say super pro-life, I mean like they're actually trying to make 
physical, tangible changes. They're not just saying, oh, I'm pro-life. Like, no, like they're actually making a difference. They're like, they're promoting ways to view, like to help educate men and women on why life is important and how um, God had created life. So I think that's one of the biggest things. And I do, so yeah, I believe, I'm a full hard believer in pro-life, but I do not believe all the policies will be what fixes it because at the end of the day, it's a hard issue and we need to help people really address the heart and really helping them walk through why life is so important. Now I'm not disagreeing policy. We can get policies passed. Amen. Let's do it. But at the same time, we also need to be living this out on a daily basis with those around us. Like you said, in our local churches. Um, And like, I've even been kind of praying recently, like, okay, Lord, how can avert, like we say we're pro-life. How can we specifically minister in that way of being pro-life in our community? Is it partnering right. with Catherine Foundation? Is it doing something through Avert with women and men who are trying to figure out this process of what do I do now type of stuff? Um, and I do want to share one thing about abortion that I literally just had shared with me yesterday that was mind-boggling. There is a list of countries that have banned abortion. And all those countries are in extreme poverty. They're, they're, like We're one of the only countries where it's as free you can do it as freely as you want. And it's crazy to me. And all these countries where honestly (laughs) having more babies born is dangerous. It's, it's taken, it's banned there, but here it's like, Hey, go ahead. You want to kill it? Go for it. Knock yourself out. It's like, Ooh, that that didn't sit well with me reading that the other day. So, um, Brandon sent me that, which we'll be having Brandon on and Brittany on this podcast at some point in the future. So we're excited about that. A little spoiler alert for all of our listeners. Um, so yeah, there's, it's a lot. And, um, I don't know. I just, I'm just excited. I don't know. It might be naive of me to say I'm excited, but, uh, I am, I mean, I have a lot to be, I could be stressed about or fearful about, but I just don't feel it. Um, I really feel like God has positioned us in this specific point in history. Um, and for a reason, it's not for any, it's not just for the heck of it. Like he's got it all figured out. Um, and right. I'm excited to see how God uses us to pivot and to, you know, point, bring glory to his name. That's so. right. Yeah, this is a like a very, very, that's for like 2020 is just a pivotal year, not only for for the world, yeah. but I mean, for, you know, just to kind of just continue centering it around Christians. Um, if if we're viewing it the right way, really leaning in, I think the right way, I think we're all going to come out of this with, we should come out of this with some lessons. Yeah. Some lessons on how to treat one another. Some lessons on, um, you know, how to go out and actually be the church. Do things, you know, in the community. Um, you know, I just, I really feel like this is just a really pivotal time in church history. Yeah. And, um, you know, if we're really, truly using discernment and um, being vigilant, um, I think that, you know, there, we could see true revival take place. Amen. Um, you know, but, but again, it just goes back to us. Just, just It starts with us. It starts in our own hearts, first of all. Yeah. And, uh, and, and being able to unite as a church body of Christ. Yeah. Um, and being being that unstoppable force for Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, so when I think go out. I know we're in the age of quarantine and self isolating and social distancing, but man, just start talking to people, man. Just 
mm-hmm. truly loving our neighbor, like get off social media, put that down. Yeah. Well, I guess I didn't share that, that I am disclosure to all of our listeners. If you've tried to message me on Facebook or on Insta, you're not getting anybody because I'm not on it anymore. I deactivated yeah. my Facebook officially. So I am not on Facebook at <laughs> all anymore. So Please don't Which sucks for me because like I almost I didn't know when exactly your birthday was. <laughs> like, that's where I get all that information from. Yeah, I know. I know. A lot of people didn't tell me happy birthday this year that normally do because I'm not on social media, which is cool. Um, yeah. I'm all right with that. It's just another day. Um, but yeah, so if you've been messaging me or trying to like find me on Facebook, I apologize. I'm not on it anymore. Um, I did not delete you, all right? So don't think <laughs> Nick deleted me from Facebook or whatever. I didn't do that. I deleted my Facebook in general. Um, and that was something that I knew was coming. Like, I, I, I can, man, you can attest to this. Like, I've been talking about, like, how I've just been done with social media and just it's swaying my views on things. I'm like, I'm not about that. Like, I just want to have face-to-face conversations with people. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not on Facebook at all anymore. Instagram, I didn't delete my account, but I haven't been on my account in like months. So yeah. sorry, don't message me on those. If you have my number, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have my number and you want to hit me up, email me at nick at avertchurch.com and we'll discuss if you can have my number or not. <laughs> so, Amen. So yeah, and that's, but it, I think it's been cool because I've been able to have a lot more face-to-face conversations. Like yeah, just, slow my role talking to people but i meet them mm-hmm. and just you know seeing people as people so yeah not just some other person on facebook like they're an actual physical human being <laughs> that i can talk to that's right yeah it's so, it's so easy because like social media is like a whole nother world it is yeah but like it's weird because like it's it's a whole nother world but at the same time it really truly does affect your real life it does yeah um yep. yeah yeah, you know, because there's so much that gets put out on there and it causes tension between one another and stuff. You know, you really have to be careful on social media. Yeah. Um, and we've been talking about that yeah. for a, on the podcast for a while. Social media etiquette. Like, let's have some. That's so, right. And I know right. most churches that hire people now, like I know a life point on their, um, on their uh, like, respon- like not responsibilities, but like terms of like termination. It's like it comes to your social media. Like if you have a bad witness on social media, you're gonna you can lose your job so which not even that's not even a church thing like that's like on a secular level too like if your social media is not good you can be fired for that right so like i've known somebody who he works for a company exactly that's why i tell people all the time like what you put on your social media it's Mm -hmm. they can see that you know this right (laughs) like oh oh, so it's yeah it's your character it does so I think social media really, really speaks to a person's integrity mm, Yeah. more than anything because it's one of those things that although it's seen by a lot of people, you're still like you're, you're hidden behind the screen. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you have to really um, have integrity um, not to, to do things, go, th- go about things the wrong way on yeah. social media. So, yeah. Yeah, the eight of me was on social media, and I just wanted to start challenging everybody, so I just got off. So, <laughs> it's like if I had a problem, like, and that's what like, I had to, like, and I actually had a conversation with one person. And I was like, "Look, bro, like, I saw this, like, I ain't cool with this. Um, mm-hmm. and here's why. Like, I'm not about to just blast you. I'm gonna talk to you about it. So, right. me and that individual, we, we had a good conversation. So, it's just, 
I don't know. I'm not, God was moving me past all that. And, you know, I just think about like, as I love church history, I'm like, man, mm-hmm. the church grew so much. And we like social media is awesome. It is a, it can be, it is a blessing and it's a curse. Um, yeah. because I think, you know, it has had a lot like as a church, especially in this day and age, like it's been super useful to connecting with people. Um, and like avert, we'll have a Facebook, we'll have an Instagram Well, we do have those. I just don't run them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, cause I'm really just in this place of like, man, the early church did it and they did it well. Um, yeah. I mean, even when we look at the church, early church in America, like, man, you got these circuit riders, you got all this, like, like mm-hmm. social media is awesome, but it's not the main yeah. means to get the gospel out. Like nothing can mm-hmm. change human interaction. So, yeah. not to mention, I'm reading a book right now by David Platt, which is, I don't know. I might be like a, what's that word of someone who loves pain? Uh, is it a, oh. is it a sadist? Is that what it is? Something like that. Because David Platt knows, doesn't know how to do anything but bring me pain when I read his books <laughs> or listen to his sermons. I'm reading yeah. um, Something Needs a Change. And man, it's just... Which is cool because in the book, he talks about one of his friends who went with him, Chris, who is who I got to have a... Who's the CEO of Radical now. Right. And who right, I got right. to have that conversation with on the phone for like an hour. So I was like, hey, I know Chris. I'm reading about Chris in a book. So... <laughs> Um, but the book is powerful. It's all about like he was in the Himalayas and just how they're, they're con- they have no concept of Jesus out there. Um, and the few times of the villages they went through, they tried to share, they were talking about Jesus and like, they were almost asking him like if he was another man from another village. And then when he started to talk to him about, no, this is a man that lived 2000 years ago. Like, why are you telling me about a man that lived 2000 years ago? So it's just, uh, there was one village they went to where there's a, was it 19... 20, 19 or 20,000 people there in this one little area, less than a hundred of them are followers. Um, and that's a really small, it might've been more than that. I can't, like less than that. It's, it was crazy though. And just how few Christians there are around in some parts of the world. And to go back to what we've talked about on the podcast before, like 3.19 billion people still have yet to hear the gospel. That's a crazy number to me to know we live in 2020 I live probably one of the more comfortable lives than most people our age around the world. Um, and it's just like, there's still like, there's this naive false thinking that the gospel has gone to all the nations when it hasn't. Um, then gospel still has to reach so many people and it doesn't get to happen through social media and through um, all this online stuff. Cause a lot of these places and a lot of these people groups are unreached because they don't have the capabilities, nor will the technology be able to make it to them. So it's just, it's humbling. It's a, uh, it's convicting. Um, and man, it just makes me want to move to action. So yeah. Amen. Yeah. But Amen. man, we've talked for a All while. Right. It's been awesome. <laughs> I, I'm not in front of the, uh, audacity screen. So we've been going um, at it for an hour. So our listeners got a good one. They can, they can chop this up themselves. <laughs> Take little yeah. breaks. That's right. That's right. As I hope so many have, I, I feel like since we've been on break, you know, kind of have an opportunity to go back and listen to some of the past pro, um, episodes and stuff. So, yeah. You know, I, hope, I hope the break was beneficial for you guys as well. Yeah. Amen. All right. So I I forgot to, I guess, announce in the beginning that we have an announcement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you did. I thought, you didn't say anything yeah. about it? I thought you did. I don't. 
I don't think so. I think that was before we recorded, I guess, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it completely, I didn't write anything down. So. <laughs> when I don't write anything down. I don't remember anything <laughs> in, like, real time while doing things. Yeah, amen. So, uh, so Nick, you want to tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about what we got going on? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Before? Yeah, so as I'm, like, before our break, we were, get, we, you know, we were bringing episodes on Mondays. Mondays was, like, our theology, um, like, exegeting text type of stuff. That's, you know, like, we're still going to be doing that kind of stuff. Wednesdays was like our, it was our racial repentance series, and then Fridays was like Friday fun. Um, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but that's a lot of work <laughs> to record that many episodes. Uh, I mean, me and Manny were going into our studio quite a bit, like and staying there for a while. Um, and with us moving towards where we're starting to get pretty close to launching Overt um, and a lot of trainings and stuff that are going to take, like our time is going to start being consumed um in other ways so i think we've kind of decided to release episodes on mondays and fridays now um and mondays will i'm pretty sure i think we talked about it like just keeping that like you know as we walk through the bible like right now we're still going to go through james that's the full plan um i know at one point we talked about like just really looking at like picking apart the crucifixion um and the resurrection like i think that's still something i want to do in the future and i'm sure man you would love to do that as well um sure so that takes work that takes effort like that takes research it takes study and it doesn't like it's not like we just get in here and say so the resurrection like no <laughs> even when it comes to james like we're breaking down james we're doing our studies like it's yeah. it, it takes work to do put these episodes out and then so our friday episodes we're going to alternate so one week we'll release a racial repentance episode next week we'll release like a friday fun or if we decide yeah. to do another series type of thing we'll so we'll like alternate our fridays um to keep it fresh keep it new um and also keep us fresh <laughs> so yes. we can get some breaks in between um as well so i think i summed that up pretty well right yeah yeah no, that's good so yeah i think that's i think that's a good plan yeah as nick said you know it's it's definitely because you guys hear it on monday wednesday and friday you don't you know you don't really see the times when we're recording yeah two days you know three <laughs> days a week whatever or all the time and yeah. effort we're putting into creating it before we even get to the yeah. point of recording and it all, you know the research and stuff so yeah. it's a lot you know but it's great it is you know you know we just thank god for for the opportunity to Amen. be able to be able to have the podcast and be able yeah. to just break down his word and break down his truths yeah and speak to you guys and stuff i think it's awesome so, we're thankful for y'all for listening <laughs> you know yeah like that's yeah. crazy. Like I like how many listens we've had and downloads we've had since we've been on a break. It's been mind boggling. Like y'all still listen. We're not even putting anything out. So we appreciate you that's guys. Right. Yeah, man. Amen. I, yeah, like I told Nick earlier, I was like, you know, I, I've heard from plenty of people who were like, it really gave us the opportunity to catch up because we do release so much. You know, yeah. it's like three episodes a week. You know, it gives people an opportunity to gave people an opportunity to to sit down and actually listen to some of the other episodes that we recorded. So, yeah, I hope that they blessed you guys. You know, I know it, it blessed us. Mm-hmm. I know, like, we've learned so much from just, like, the interviews and yeah. stuff that we've had with, with people. It's been, you know, it's been awesome. So Amen. we got some great interviews um, that we're planning coming up here. And yep. um, I know those are going to be great as well yes i'm excited for those yeah yes sir all right guys um so just a reminder to subscribe to us on 
iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Um, please leave us a rating and or review. Yeah. And we look forward to speaking to you guys soon. See ya. All right. Peace.